The reading is from the 16th chapter of Acts, starting with the ninth verse. During the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. So Timothy, Paul, and Silas set sail from Troas and took a straight course to Samothrace, the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river, where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Thyatira and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. When she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. Word of God, word of life. God's grace and peace to you, all of us gathered here at church, and to everyone online this morning. Amen. It was Labor Day weekend of 1999, and I was freshly divorced. My sister knew I needed time away with a different view, so she had planned a trip out to the East Coast. And through very strange circumstances, our flights were canceled. I was ready to throw in the towel to go back home to be sad by myself for another weekend. My brother-in-law had different plans. Put your bags in the car, Beth. We are driving to Door County for the weekend. Instead of a view of the Atlantic Ocean, it would be Clark Lake. His grandparents lived there, and with a quick call, he let them know that his family, plus me, would be there in time for dinner. I hadn't spent time with his grandparents and the thought of spending a weekend with people I did not know very well felt like a little too much for me, but I went anyway. Their names were Bert and June, and I smelled the pot roast in the oven the moment they opened the door to their home. It's not easy making small talk with someone who used to be married. Questions like, what's new? Or how have you been? Fall short quickly, but they jumped right in. June, an artist, showed me where she painted and took me on a gallery walk of her paintings hung throughout the house. Bert shared stories of their time in Florida, teaching me about grapefruit trees and how the sweetest half is the bottom, where all the juices nestle down as it hangs on the tree. 
I woke up the next morning and found the bottom half of a grapefruit waiting for me at the breakfast table. The weekend was not what I had planned, but my grief and my hope were nurtured for a little while by June and Bert's hospitality. We hear today the story of Paul, Silas, and Timothy. They're making their way witnessing to Jesus without a grand plan. They're living day by day, trusting the Holy Spirit will be their GPS. And Paul has a vision where a man calls him to Macedonia. So Paul goes and through a lot of twists and turns, finds a prayer gathering outside the city. It's not a man he meets, but a woman, Lydia. And Lydia unexpectedly meets Paul. She's known as a purveyor of purple fabric. And she listens to Paul, hears about Jesus, and her heart is open to share what she has so she can find her place in what God is doing. She offers her home as a place for them to stay for a while. She gives what she has and she creates space for a relationship to take root. Maybe it doesn't even feel like a story worth sharing, but somehow Luke has included it in this book of the Acts of the Apostles. And there's something holy and spirit-filled about the hospitality that Lydia offers. It is a part of God's larger vision to share his love with the world. Now we live in a transactional culture. In just a click, you can book a vacation, watch a movie, find a date, order groceries, make a contribution to church. Thanks for that, by the way. Luke certainly includes the transactional details of the early church, but he mostly stops to tell the story of relationships, of people who get caught up in what God is doing in the world. And it's a mess of humanness, and I think there's something that we're meant to get caught up into. Faith is not meant to be convenient or sterile, Faith is relational, taking root in the daily, the missteps, the unexciting. It's transferred person by person and and often takes time to sprout. But its roots have staying power. It leaves a mark on the heart and with it, a call to extend it along. And if you think about it, Jesus' life was all about the relational, crossing boundaries, coming close, entering stories, eating, healing, touching, connecting, and eventually dying for people to connect to God and each other. We have ninth graders getting confirmed today. They stood at this font, or they were held at that font, or other fonts with their parents and godparents, and God spoke to them. I created you I call you just as you are to share your presence and gifts with the world because the world needs what you have to give. It won't always go as planned or be easy, but I will always be with you offering grace and forgiveness. And other people will be with you too. 
because you can't live this life alone. We, all of us, make a promise to each person who is baptized to know and celebrate their call in the world. And we say these words, I promise to be a faith partner with you and your families because it is a partnership between families and church community to nurture faith in children, to plant seeds and tend to them as they grow. Thad Lightfoot, a council member who died in 2020, used to say to me, Beth, I get goosebumps on baptism Sundays because we make promises. And I know these promises aren't just words that we say. We commit to doing what we promise. And so I'm just curious today, how are you living out the promises that you've made to these kids? How have you known and celebrated their call in the world? Because faith is passed person to person. We need to know someone else's story and their part in it. You're not a spectator in the person sitting next to you's lives. You're a full participant. Nurturing faith in kids is not just something someone else does on Sunday mornings in the basement of the church or what happens here on Wednesday nights. These kids are our future. They are the ones who will lead and make decisions, voting when we can no longer vote, presiding at our funerals, and entrusted to care for all people, this church, and the earth. What has been your encounter in sharing your story and listening to theirs? Now, it's not just kids we're called to be in relationship with, of course, but the research tells us that for kids to have a vibrant faith, they need five adult mentors other than their parents who know and support them. Who are the kids that you show up for? Who showed up for you? All of this can seem overwhelming for introverts and extroverts alike, but hear this, you can do it. Faith flourishes when we offer what we have, when we dig in relationally. You see, hospitality is the both giving and receiving. Lydia did not only give, she received. And I hope in some way that Bert and June receive from me as well. Paul was called by God to share the love of Jesus with the Gentiles, but in order to live out this call, he needed to encounter Lydia and the gift of hospitality that she had to give. Step by step, person by person, story by story, the love of Jesus is proclaimed. Our focus is to reconnect to each other and rebuild community, and it's going to take all of us to do it. We've been away from each other for the last couple years, and we have missed the moments the connection, the opportunity to show up for the sake of another. But we don't do it alone. The Holy Spirit tags along too, stirring, as we say, to churn up the living waters within each of us, surprising us to nudge us to try, to create opportunities to encounter and to be in relationship with someone you know nothing about giving you the opportunity to listen more than you speak, to remind you that you have a gift to give. 
I never knew Lydia, the purveyor of purple cloth. Bert, the teacher of grapefruit trees, and June, the artist, have since died. But all in their unique way shared the gift of hospitality. What will you be known for? You have to share it. You have to give it to another for it to be made known. So go and do it. Amen.